Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today we go back in time to the first week of the COVID-19 pandemic. You may not like it, but we have come to know what it's like to live with COVID-19. But almost exactly two years ago today, we were freaking out. COVID-19 was still so mysterious, we still weren't 100% sure how you got it, what situations were the highest risk, and how you could best avoid catching the virus. Remember wiping down your groceries with antibacterial wipes? Remember the run on toilet paper? Remember when we thought we could stamp this out in two weeks? Times sure have changed, but are we now looking to a future where we mistakenly think we've conquered COVID? The beginning is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. On this day in 2020, March 16th, Wellington Dufferin Guelph Public Health announced the region's first case of COVID-19. The anonymously famous person was a man in his 40s who had just returned from a trip to Atlanta, Georgia, and then tested positive at the Headwaters Healthcare Center in Orangeville. Public health reminded everyone that the best way to prevent the spread of COVID was to wash your hands often, stay at home if you're sick, cough and sneeze into a tissue or your sleeve, and to clean and disinfect highly touched surfaces frequently. Meanwhile, students staying in residence at the University of Guelph were asked to go home, go transit and via rail were adjusting their schedules, Conestoga College had canceled in-person classes, KazooFest postponed their final season, the Grand River Conservation Authority canceled all March break activities, and at the City of Guelph, only City Hall, Guelph Transit, and the Waste Innovation Resource Center were still open. That would change the very next day when City Hall would close to the public as well. Those were weird, wild, and crazy days. News was coming fast and furiously, and no one knew what was going to happen, how long COVID would be around, or even if the changes being made to society on the fly would ever be undone. In a way, we still have those questions. COVID-19, a once-in-a-century pandemic, has affected government health care, long-term care, mental health, education, housing, food security, supply chains, culture, recreation, sports, and so much more. And two years later, we're still being affected, even though we're in a desperate scramble to make a case to ourselves that the pandemic is over, if not nearly over. Only 14% of people, though, in low-income countries have received one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. And in South Africa, where the especially virulent Omicron variant was first detected, less than 30% of the people there have been fully vaccinated. So can we say this is over? Well, while we may not be able to answer whether or not this is over, we certainly know when it all began. So on this edition of the Guelph Politicast, we will go back to the beginning. On the week of March 16th, 2020, my Open Sources Guelph co-host Scotty Hertz produced an hour-long daily newscast to bring people the latest information regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on the people of Guelph in the immediate area. As we listen, let's remember just how far we've come in the last two years. Yes, it's felt like we've been spinning in place for the last 24 months, but let us also recognize the progress we've made. We understand COVID-19 now and how it spreads. We have safe and effective vaccines that slow the spread and mitigate the worst symptoms of the virus. 
We understand our own resiliency, even if we still sometimes need help to make it through. Better days are ahead. But it was a long, hard road to get here. So let's flash back to the start of the pandemic almost exactly two years ago today. I don't think we've ever done this before. So, of course, uh, when I set off the top that this was uh, a seat of the pants kind of operation, it is a little bit. So how are you doing? Me? I'm fine. How are you? I'm not bad. Um, I'm sitting here with a microphone covered in gauze like it's 1918 or something. But other than that, you know, uh, there hasn't been anybody in the station for the past few days. So uh, we've been running around with uh, Lysol wipes taking care of business. So uh, currently everybody is uh, doing well so far that I know of. So, Well, I'm I'm here in the top secret Politico headquarters. Yes. Which which definitely isn't my house. No, of course it isn't. (laughs) Wink. Right, it's you're, you're calling from cyberspace, man. I well, that's where I live now. That's the only place that's still um, <laughs> germ-free. Yeah, virus-free. Yeah, it's the only place where there's toilet paper still too. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> virtual toilet paper. Well, hopefully not. So, uh, now I was talking about earlier. We were going to do a bit of review of the things that are closed in town. And I know that's an evolving list, and I've been running around out and about. I've missed some things. Although I did see before airtime that. Uh, Phil all just back from Mexico and is uh, self-isolating for 14 days. Did you hear this? Or? Yeah, he posted on his Facebook page, I think, last night. Um, he's, he said that um, there hasn't been any outbreak of, or maybe no obvious outbreak of COVID, COVID-19 where he was, but under an abundance of caution, he's going to self-isolate for two weeks. Um, and there's obviously a heck of a lot of people still uh, out and about down in the warmer climes because I think, I believe, last week they were told, go and enjoy your vacation, go have a good time. And, uh, <laughs> and then it turned out that, uh, that they probably shouldn't have done that. I believe that was an exact quote from the premier on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I know Phil makes that annual trip down to Mexico. Does, so, yeah. um, and I also like, he's been down there for a couple of weeks too. So the, it was before like things really heated up because I think one of the important things to keep for people to keep in mind, is like, we were still kind of joking about the whole place oh, my goodness. down on mm-hmm. Thursday show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here we are on Monday and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much fact, not fiction that, uh, you know, everything shut down. It, it, I mean, that's how quickly it escalated 72 yes. hours later. I mean, some of the rumor mill stuff beyond the things going on at Costco and that was that there was a, a run at the liquor store and the liquor store was going to close and people losing their minds. I don't know if it's because it was because uh, it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. And I think we're going to have a radically different St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. And I think anybody that goes to uh, Ezra Street tomorrow or any of the usual St. Patrick's Day uh, parties uh, in and around town is a fool. Well, one would opinion. hope because like Barry Verbenowick, the... the um, uh, maybe I'm getting it wrong. No, Dave Jaworski is the is the mayor of Waterloo, and I've seen like his social media posts, and like almost verbatim now, it's it's like him going, "For the love of God, stay the hell away from Ezra Avenue tomorrow, or you'll kill us all." I mean, it's not quite that severe, but I mean, that's kind of the tone. It's like that BS is like the last thing they want to deal with. Yeah, and tomorrow. that's that's the thing because I don't I young people are obviously able to handle uh, you know viruses in general fairly well or better than the rest of us i mean i'm I'm right. right on the cusp of being on that at risk point and i and 
and I'm not sure what's happened in Ontario today, but I, I heard that uh, Quebec is like, okay, if you're 70 and over, you, we want you to stay by yourselves. Uh, the UK did the same thing. But interestingly, mm-hmm. I saw one thing that I did see today was that there are vacationers, uh, presumably vacationers, it sounded like they were English in the uh, in Spain, and they were being chased off the road by the police and out of the party zones by the police, and they were, weren't taking it very seriously. And there was also a shot of a pub in Dublin uh, and I think there was a certain politician called their behavior disgraceful because they're, it's like any party. They're all packed in. They're all having a, having a good time or, you know, presumably having a good time uh, as people do in bars. But, you know, they're not listening. Well, one, one thing I will say that might mitigate whatever happens on Ezra Avenue and Waterloo tomorrow is that, and this is kind of late-breaking news, but Laurier has announced that, like, the U of, the U of G, they're shutting down the residences. So, um I mean, but they're staying. Are they staying open? I don't know because I I've been like so busy trying to stay on top of everything happening in twelve. I can barely dip a toe, and and it's the 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 notice about Laurier just kind of flitted by as I was doing a Twitter scroll. But um, yeah, and I believe it's the same thing for Waterloo, right? It's just you know they're sort of open, but they're on like low gear at this point. Essentially, yeah. So. Shall we go down the list of of closures and cancellations? We probably have, like, mutual lists here, but it is getting longer. Yes. Um, In terms of the city facilities, pretty much the only city stuff that is still going uh, is uh, City Hall is still open, though they are screening people. I have not gone to City Hall, so I don't know what exactly that entails, if they're taking everyone's temperature when you go in or not. Um, The Waste Innovation Resource Center is still open, and um, Guelph Transit is still operating at the usual hours. Um, Pretty much everything else uh, that is run by the City of Guelph is closed. Uh, That includes, and this was recently as of yesterday um the libraries uh the rec centers and um what else am i missing the museum um they have been closed till april the 6th on the sleeman center right well the sleeman center is a little bit of a different story the sleeman center and um river run center along with the farmer's market and uh evergreen senior center are closed until april 30th oh okay oh wow so that's a that's a longer run Right. And I think that's because those like the activities there draw larger numbers of people. And of course, the biggest tenant at the Sleeman Center right now is, of course, the Guelph Storm and the OHL season has been postponed. So, yeah, because I the last notice I saw about the Sleeman Center said that private or closed events will be assessed on a case by case basis. But I've got a feeling that that is probably going to change fairly rapidly. Well, that yeah, that was on Friday. And that was the same note that said, like, the library was staying open. Oh, okay, Yeah. So I'm um, yeah. um, they weren't going to have like big uh, events, but yeah, because were... it was saying the library was initially saying they were going to screen people, but then it probably right. transpired that they didn't know how they're going to screen people, so that canceled that. Yeah, and that was Sunday afternoon that the city released that that it was it was kind of um, uh, I guess an, an increase in um, trying to, to mitigate this. Um, the big question right now in terms of city stuff is what's going to happen with city council meetings. Yep. Um, because there is a council workshop that was, um, and I'm not sure where exactly that council workshop's going to happen because it was supposed to happen at Evergreen Senior Center, but now Evergreen is closed. So are they going to come back to City Hall if they end up holding it? And that's one question. And then what's going to happen at the regular meeting of City Council, which is on March the 30th? Um, 
you know, will that be maybe closed to like the public gallery? Will they have like, you know, limited people on hand? I mean, at, at the end of the day, the council meeting could theoretically continue because they do have, um, you, they're able to stream the meeting from the city website. Right. But at the same time, um, you're talking about 15 to 20 people around a table granted it's a big table yeah um but well, as they keep the meter right or like uh biden and bernie the other night which was a, was a weird juxtaposition but it, it it worked i guess i hope hopefully they're both still well but i don't know if they shook hands but yeah that no they elbow bumped they elbow bumped oh i didn't see that i missed that yeah. part but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yes uh the um other closures the guelph legion is closed indefinitely so they're going to reassess. Is closed, I believe. I'm just scanning through. I've I think they were going to assess I've it. All this on Politico. Yes. So I have like a big mega Politico post that I spent most of the day working on. Excellent. So tell um, people uh, how they can get to the Guelph Politico and check that out. What is the address? We know it, well, but. Well, it's GuelphPolitico.ca. It's the current. Uh, it's the first store you can click on, which is uh, at, uh, WDG Public Health gets first COVID-19 case and update closures. Um, so that's the very first article on the website right now because I literally just finished it. Right. Um, yeah, the Legion is closed. Um, Courts are closed unless it's urgent. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the provincial offenses uh, court is um, closed until the third. And if you do have presently uh, a case before the court, and you are going to go to court sometime in the next two weeks, they will be mailing you a notice of of when that will be rescheduled. Uh, that I would not expect that in your mail tomorrow. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so that that will be coming to you as well. Um, the yeah the legion yeah the legion hasn't attached a date i just found the post but they haven't attached a date to it yet right. um all the chamber of commerce events from march and april have been canceled the mm-hmm. chamber's office has been closed until further notice um lloyd longfield's constituency office is closed to walk-ins but you can never still uh talk to his staff by phone or email um, what else is going on? Oh, the, commu- the Guelph Community Health Center. And this is fairly key because you think in a time like this, uh, they, they would have an, you know, an important role to play. Um, the only two things they're keeping going right at the moment is, the, of course, the consumption and treatment services, which is the safe consumption site among yes. other uh, immediate services they offer to drug users. Um, those are keeping regular hours. And um, if you get primary health care services through a CHC, that is by appointment only. So they are not taking walk-ins either. And I have a couple of numbers uh, for people in crisis uh, via CMHA. There's a, It's one eight four four. Here, twenty four seven, and uh, if if you have a, a staff person or a contact assigned to you, the number is one eight four four two six four two nine nine three. So unless you require, as you said, injections or, or you're in crisis, uh, they are sort of mothballing everything at least for now. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't have it. I just want to say I just have a. Oh no, I have the same thing. I have. I, well, you know this, and then the people who are regular listeners, I have a bit of a, a chronic thing, and I was cough. And <laughs> the thing is now, when people cough, they're on alert, and which is probably not yeah. a bad thing necessarily. You, you yeah. hear this cough or low rumble, and 
And uh, but anybody that seems to have a, a full blown anything at this point, whether it's a, a cold or even asthma or something, it's a, people are on edge. So we need to be mindful of that. I'm joined now on the line by Natalie. Natalie, are you there? I'm right here, Scott. Hey, wonderful. Natalie is uh, one of the hosts of Co- the host uh, these days of Compost Juice Radio, which is one of our uh, shows, regular shows. Uh, tell us again when Compost Juice Radio is on, Natalie. Tuesdays at 12.30. Tuesdays at 12.30. Excellent. So uh, I have Natalie on the line here because uh, she has been directly involved with uh, a community initiative which has just sort of sprung up organically across the country and I think across the world. Uh, you put together a, uh, I guess, a um, Google Doc of uh, different organizations in town that are needing um, help, uh, extra help, I guess, during the crisis that can be found at guelphcoronavirus.ca. Uh, can you tell me a bit how that came about? I mean, normally a Google Doc's just sort of a Google Doc, but it became a URL and everything. Is it just one of those things that happened uh, spontaneously or... Was it a concerted effort with a bunch of people? What happened? Well, basically, I was sitting in the Monarch Cafe in Guelph. <laughs> and That's a very I Guelph story. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's the Guelphest story ever. It's the Guelphest story ever. Excellent. Yeah, my planet bean brew. Uh, so I opened Facebook, and I saw that there were a bunch of people that were looking for help. And then I opened Twitter and saw that there were a bunch of people saying, oh, man, I don't know how to help. Who needs donations? What do I do? And then I kind of started thinking to myself, like, wow, everyone's, like, pretty disconnected. But on this Facebook group, there was, it was, it was huge. You know, they, they had started it just a couple days prior, and then suddenly there's, you know, 400, 500 people. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I just was sitting there on my phone and thought, hey, I'm going to quickly make a Google Sheet. Scott always makes fun of me because I make a Google Sheet for well, everything. Well, I, I have to say, <laughs> and this is going to be a bit of a reveal, that uh, Natalie has definitely helped me in terms of, like, uh, <laughs> Hey, old man, Gen X, or, you know, or no, yeah. it's more, I'm more like the old man, Gen X, or saying, hey, can you show me how to do this? And Natalie goes, boom, and it's up. But I, that, that's not really <laughs> the story that you folks need to know. I was just curious as to how, because it's weird. You've obviously seen uh, other pages for, for other places. Do you, it, 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 to me, it's wild that this just this sprung up. And I noticed on the, uh, yeah. I guess it was on the, uh, I want to see the Facebook version because there is a link between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody's wondering, on Facebook, you can go to Caremongering, which is beautiful. Caremongering I Guelph. I love it. Le- uh, leaning into community during COVID-19. And I saw earlier today that uh, Mayor Cam Guthrie had chimed in and said, I love what you people are doing, blah, blah, blah. Very, it's a very organic thing like, because these are unusual times and unusual circumstances. And yet everybody's kind of mm-hmm. like... And I haven't really, I'm, maybe you have, but I haven't really seen any trolls there, the trolls that have shut down other yeah, people's projects in town. Everybody's playing it cool. pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, I certainly was not the first. Like, there was this Facebook group, and then there was suddenly there was another Facebook group. There were two, which have since consolidated. And it was, 
so incredible because somebody would post and say like, hey, I have an elderly immunocompromised neighbor and they need groceries. And two minutes later, someone would say, hey, what do they need? I'm going to theirs. And then somebody else would say, hey, do they like lasagna? I'm making some for my family. I'll bring some over, you know, obviously at a social distance, everyone's, you know, dropping things off and leaving and no one's attracting. But ring the bell, run away and there's groceries there as as opposed to other things that might be there. It's pretty amazing. So so I just all I did was I looked up, you know, a whole bunch of places in town, you know, like the Student Food Bank, Lakeside Hope House, your downtown Guelph friends. And um, I just kind of put them together, reached out to them. Um, and I, I just put them together on the Google Sheet. That's all I did. You know, I just typed in, you know, who they were, their address, their phone number, and what they need. And then a whole bunch of people started reaching out to me, and they were like, hey, can you add this? Can you add this? And I'm like, hey, it's public. Like, everyone can add whatever they want. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't think people realize that. I say people of a certain demographic, but yeah, it's like you can just <laughs> sort of put stuff on, and it's it's very open. Yeah, it's very open. So on that first page right now, we've got 17 uh, different entries of, you know, just different organizations in Guelph, um, which are really awesome. There's Adopt-A-Senior, there's uh, a bench downtown um, run by Ed Pickersgill, um, there's the Onward And he's Willow there every day, rain or shine generally, yeah. unless rain something happens. Shine. Yeah. It really what it is is that our community just has so many of these organizations willing to help and they've been here for a while, you know. People people have been doing these things every day. It's, it's absolutely incredible how willing people are to help. Um and then somebody approached me and they were like somebody I, I've never met um over the internet was like, "Hey, can I start a page on the second tab?" Um his name's Abby. He said, "Can I start a page on the second tab with just people to put down their names?" and their numbers in case of contact. I'll be first. And I was like, yeah, sure, do whatever you want. It's a public spreadsheet. Uh, and, th- and that's why, considering that, you know, th- it, in these days, people want to kind of hold back on that information, but we really, definitely. in some ways, don't have much choice in terms of getting stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the classic uh, call list and phone tree and that kind of stuff. Now, off the, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but off the top of your head, of those organizations, are there any that are, uh, particularly in need these days? I suspect that there are, but can you think of uh, any of them? And, and not to single any of them out, I'm just thinking in terms of like, is there somebody at this point, and I don't know we're early on in, in, in things this week, uh, that are that you would say were at the point of uh, struggle, let's say? Yes, definitely. Um, so, so far, uh, one organization that's reached out to me is Sanguine Health Center. So they do a whole bunch of things in town, but one of the things that they do is they operate that mobile van that provides resources to um, folks that need them, and they are out of masks. Like, they are just fresh out of masks. Oh, and, and that's not a surprise, yeah. Yeah, if they don't get these masks. So um, they sent me a graphic, and I added them to the Google Doc, and I've had somebody so far say, hey, thanks for sharing this. We've already donated masks. I actually found a box of N95 masks <laughs> um, that I forgot that I had, so um, like for leftover from work. So um, Yes, because they're normally for work things rather than... Uh a situation like this, right? So. Yeah, exactly. So Seguin Health, um, there's a number, if you look it up on our, on the web, on our website, website now, uh, Guelph Coronavirus, 
uh, which is kind of a daunting URL, but I guess we're stuck with it now. Uh, <laughs> yes, and sorry, I just I'm curious. Like, did you you set that up, or did somebody donate no, it? Or? I didn't. Um, wow. A person named Abby uh, messaged me and was like, "We should put this into WordPress because you know elderly folks and some people that don't have computers, they don't really know how to do the whole Google Docs to Google Sheets thing." Yes, it's like, like when yeah, you text just, me one on my phone, and I'm like, oh, "This is gibberish." Um, so uh, <laughs> I, I found it eventually. What's that? Code, I probably would have put it. Um, in yeah, graphic, but I just yeah. People don't know this, but uh, for all for all of my uh, reported technical skills, my my phone is still a somewhat primitive being. But uh, yeah. I like it that way. <laughs> I like it so I can yeah. call and get somebody and say, "Hey," but, uh, but I'm not quite at the level of the. Uh, um, uh, should I say the boomers? Like anyone. <laughs> Older, uh, not necessarily used to manipulating tech. Although there are some, some so tech-savvy seniors and and almost seniors, right? So yeah, my grandma's ninety-two and she goes on YouTube. Like, yeah. Oh, get out! <laughs> yeah, she just loves like <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Once you once you direct it was the, the way it was with my father. It's like once he found out that soccer was uh, like an unlimited thing. It's like this all of a sudden. They can fi- they have figured out how to do these things, but that's that's neither here nor there. You can uh, if you haven't, um, not you. I'm just talking to the people here to sh- show your senior how to do these things, and then they're hopefully you have because uh, I guess a lot of people are on lockdown. So mm-hmm, exactly, and yeah. So Sanguine Health, they need masks. They also need face shields, sanitizers, sanitizer wipes. Uh, if you have masks, they, at this point, they will take any mask, you know, hopefully not your Freddy Krueger mask, but if you have N95 or any other kind of mask, um, you can email volunteer at sanguine.com. That's volunteer at S-A-N-G-U-E-N.com. Or you can just call the number listed here. It's 226-332-3220. So 226-332-3220 and they will come and pick up any masks that you have or you can drop it off for them and you can just leave it on the porch and you don't have to have any face-to-face contact so the when you say the porch where are they do you know um i'm not sure exactly i think like this because this i thought particular... at one point it was the van like you're to take things to yeah. the van but the van isn't stationary it goes to different places i'm not sure the i guess people stationary right now i think yeah. where i'm dropping them off is just somebody's house so i don't know if i want to see that oh no well that, that that's okay i mean people can find out from them a... yeah 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 but also as well so since yesterday so we got this volunteer tab going and right now there are whew, since i last checked there's like 30 something people. Somebody just put like, you know, uh, Larissa and friends. <laughs> and there's all kinds of services being offered for free, you know, grocery shopping, picking up prescriptions, dog walking, food donation, delivery, childcare. Uh, somebody's a professor and they said if you're a student and you are confused and concerned, they will just answer all of your questions as best as they can. Wow. So, sorry, where yeah. is this again? Where, where the. This is tab number two in that. Oh, tab number two. Oh, sorry. I, th- I thought you were, you mentioned like something else like another place, but uh, tab number <laughs> two. So this, this, this Google sheet, this Google doc is, is evolving to something uh, fairly significant, I would imagine. So. Yeah, it's, it's growing. Um, and then, so there's that. And then on tab three, I don't know if you've got it open in front of you. Scott. I don't actually. No, um, I don't. I was, I was, no. 
<laughs> I have way I have a whole ton of stuff open, but it isn't one of them. But uh. that's okay. Uh, I've got it here. So on um, the next tab that we made is a mental health resources tab, and I just made this last night really quickly. So it's just got you know all of these mental health resources that you can access online, so over call or over text. So we've got Good to Talk here, twenty four seven, Big White Wall. You know, just some some of them are local, some of them are for students, some of them are from everybody, some of them are emergency, some are non emergency, and. Um, uh, since I last logged on, people have added three more, um, which is really amazing. And then I added a fourth tab. <laughs> I wonder how many tabs we're going to end up having. And that's just like a like an online activity one. So you've got like yoga for kids and, you know, you've got a bunch of arts and culture stuff. Yeah. So, for instance, the Met has free live streams of operas. Um, the Cincinnati Zoo, which is the infamous zoo that has Fiona the Hippo. Of oh, wow. I'm the biggest fan. Uh, they will <laughs> do live streams. <laughs> so we're, we're very fortunate then that we're able to, like, check out all of this stuff. I mean, you know, I think if this had happened even... 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more, that the, uh, in terms of getting stuff, uh, sort of an unlimited uh, pipeline of stuff off of the internet would have would not have been as unlimited. And uh, speaking yeah. of limited, I think a lot of uh, um, service providers are, are taking the valves off and just letting, you know, you just, you have, you can just surf to your max and beyond your max and um, suck all the bandwidth that you need to if you have it because, uh, because of the situation, so... Yeah, and it's it's also interesting, like, some of the things that are suggested on this. You know, somebody wrote, make friendship bracelets with your roommates or read a book by candlelight. Uh, I like uh, play Dungeons & Dragons over Discord. Uh, <laughs> wow, so it's like all the things that we did in the in the 80s, but it's just, you know, oh, online. Yeah, that, was, that was a friend of mine. She was just like, we're going to start a Dungeons & Dragons group over Discord. And I was like, that's, oh my goodness. that's a genius idea. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so there's I can't there's believe Dungeons and Dragons is back, but if, if it's helping people to uh, get through the situation, <laughs> then by all means, let her rip, right? Yeah, and it's also like this, it's an interesting time, and it's also a little bit like, um, it's a little bit morally complex, you know, we're at the same time being told social distancing, but also, you know, check in on your elderly neighbors. Yes. Um, make sure they're okay. So, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of hand sanitizing. Do your hands feel like snakeskin? Or well, like... you know, you've you've seen my hands. Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there are times where it's just it's vicious when we're not doing all this sanitizing. But yeah, my my hands are, are uh, a near complete disaster. Yeah. Uh, although I have discovered moisturizers, so. Wow! Finally. <laughs> finally, can you believe it? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Natalie, thank. Uh, do you want to add anything else? Yeah, I guess maybe just the one thing is that, like, it's it's really amazing how many people there are in Guelph that are, you know, very quick to help and how many people just really care about each other. I'm just kind of floored by the amount of people reaching out to me and saying, hey, I can help with this or I can help with that. And, yeah, I just, I think that's wonderful. And, yes. you know, I'm certainly not a health professional. I'm not going to give anybody medical advice. No. But I think, you know, just... You know, having a community is so wonderful and having people that care about each other and are, you know, helping each other out. Yeah, and I, th I think Mayor Cam alluded to that on the on the, the Facebook site there. He's like, yeah, you know what, this is pretty much what this town is about and that is our reputation. And, and hopefully we can uphold that to the best uh, of our ability. And it sounds like you're very involved in that. And uh, kudos to you. Oh, thank you. And to the rest <laughs> of the gang, to anybody yeah. who is listening that is directly involved in any of that, many blessings upon you. 
Yeah, I just made a spreadsheet, but kudos to everybody that's out there, you know, in the community health van and at the food bank and to all those workers that are working around the clock right now to pack food and to help people out. Yes, and when this is over, we are going to have one hell of a party. And I'm now joined on the line by Mayor Cam Guthrie, who is uh, in transit, if I got it right. Uh, Cam, are you there? I am. I'm here, yes. Good to talk to you, Cam. So uh, I guess uh, I goes without saying this uh, is possibly the most uh, hectic week you've had on council so far. Um, can you tell us a bit about, and uh, people have been following you on Twitter, obviously, but uh, in, in terms of the nuts and bolts of, of what's going on, uh, some people, I think, may be a bit confused as to whether the city is in uh, an emergency state right now. We know the province is for sure, but uh, tell us what's going on at City Hall for you these days. Well, um, it's a lot of, uh, it's, it's just a, a lot of trying to figure things out. I, I will give a lot of credit to uh, the executive team and the CAO um, and all the staff, including, the, of course, the, our frontline staff that are meeting and trying to figure things out and what the next steps are. And I think one of the big issues is that uh, we're in, a, in the chain of command, we're sort of always reacting to the decisions of both the federal and the provincial government. And so as much as we're trying to put things in place uh, on our end on a daily basis, we, uh, as much as, as much as we get prepared for those, uh, it can sometimes minutes later uh, be changed because of what the province and the federal government is announcing. And usually those announcements are, and they have been fine. Uh, but it just means we have to react uh, over and over and over and over again. Um, we are meeting, I'm sorry, when I say the word we, I mean the city in general, the, the staff. Uh, I, I am a part of some meetings, but not part of others. Uh, but we have what's called a, a emergency operations center that's been created uh, with a core group of people that uh, are running that center and uh, they're meeting every day uh, at 9.30. And has that been working out of and City Hall, or are you at, like, some remote, undisclosed location? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bunker. Are you in the bunker? No, you're not in the bunker yet, no. Um, it's, uh, no, it's uh, at City Hall. Um, although over the weekend we did meet at uh, the fire station, so it just depends on uh, where it is, but mostly it's at, uh, it's at City Hall. And uh, our staff did our debriefing um, with each other, about what's happening, and then making decisions as a as a group as to what the next steps are for the health and safety of not only the city but uh, but but the city hall staff too. And have I got it right that the uh, the mayors of uh, the province had sort of an online uh, conference with uh, Doug Ford or with each other or both? Um, yes, yesterday at I think it was four thirty. There was a scheduled. Um, there was a scheduled teleconference call between all the heads of council across the province um, and uh, ministers Stephen Clark of Municipal Affairs and also uh, Deputy Premier Minister of Health uh, Christine Elliott and also the medical officer for Ontario uh, as well. And uh, so we had that meeting with an update from them as to what they're doing and then we were able to uh, with only some time allotted to it, we were able to then ask questions 
Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask a question, although I was in line uh, because a bunch of other mayors got uh, ahead of me. But uh, that's a lot of mayors, isn't it? Anyways, it's, it must be upwards of like a hundred mayors. Like, what is the total number of mayors in the province? Or I guess it wasn't everybody, but. Well, there's 444 municipalities. Oh, my goodness. I uh, don't know how many mayors there are, but uh, there's a lot of municipalities. So hard to get airtime, but I mean, we will eventually, obviously. So, um, in, in terms of uh, other things going on in the city, you're, you're obviously in transit right now. And probably, I'm, I'm going to hazard, I guess you haven't slept too much. Um, have you been in, I guess you've been in touch with uh, public health and. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, almost, I was just going to say, is there anything to report? At least I'm getting updates uh, from them through uh, my staff. Yeah, so uh, they're of course busy doing their thing, and we're taking uh, we're taking cues and uh, direction from them. Uh, we tend to be spokespeople um, for them and for the, what decisions are, be, are being made to make sure that we're uh, getting the message out to everybody. Right, and you you had said in media in the media like currently there are I guess three. Um counselors in varying degrees of uh, isolation i think they're all in self-isolation from traveling and other reasons but uh, you'd also said that the business of council will uh continue on now this month's meeting was obviously uh canceled um i guess it's not really some question but people i think some people are wondering as to how uh council continues in certain circumstances like this does it get kind of turned over to city staff or is it your you know the incident response team or how do the wheels keep turning that aren't necessarily COVID related yes so as the head of council i i am allowed to you know direct a little bit in regards to the scheduling of uh whether or not we have meetings or are we cancel them which is the decision I made on my own as the head of council to cancel the March 23rd workshop meeting and the uh, March 30th council meeting. Uh, as we get closer into April, I'll also be deciding whether or not we continue with those. Uh, however, on the phone call that we had yesterday with the ministers, uh, they did indicate that they were going to be tabling some legislation. And I actually heard rumors that it might be today uh, that I haven't seen it yet but it will be to allow municipal councils to uh, further city business and do city business uh, and communicate uh, over teleconference. Uh, and uh, so I'm just waiting for that legislation uh, to come forward so I can understand uh, what the impact would be for us. Right, so it's a bit of a wait and see, but yeah, I guess the legislation is coming uh, fast and furious um, from yeah. all levels. So I noticed on, I, I, sorry, I can't remember the address, but I had noticed on Twitter that I, I, you're obviously being a bit overwhelmed with uh, requests for info, but you did give something in terms of uh, where people could reach you if they had a comment or inquiry. Uh, was that was that your your mayor email? I didn't want to give it out unless you know without your permission, obviously. But oh no, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mayor at guelph.ca, uh, but. You know, the reality is is that, as I said to you, to you, I'm trying to say to everybody, I really am the spokesperson. You know, I'm, I'm there to funnel through and be a conduit from decision makers and from public health and other agencies to tell the city what's happening. So a lot of the information is readily available uh, at the Wellington Dufferin Guelph uh, public health site uh, or uh, guelph.ca. And there's a red banner there that they can click, and it takes them to all of the information that's required. And, of course, I'm putting out as much as I can through my social media feeds. But uh, 
you know, I'm absolutely willing to try to answer some questions if people need be uh, at mayor. Uh, it's sorry, not at mayor. It's at mayor, mayor <laughs> at Guelph.ca. Excellent. Well, the, Cam, thanks a lot for taking the time out of your obviously extremely busy day to to join us. Really appreciate it. And uh, of course, we'll be following you on Twitter among others. And uh, yeah, and uh, maybe some point in the in the future we can uh, get in touch again and uh, you can give us a bit of a, a, a fresher update on what's going on. Well, so. absolutely. Anytime you know the media partners such as yourself and others, they're an important piece uh, amongst all that we're doing. So. Uh, anytime, if you if you want to have me available, I'm more than happy to come on anytime to keep everyone uh, up to date. Excellent, Cam. Thanks very much. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was Mayor Cam Guthrie giving us a bit of an update uh, in transit as to what is uh, what's going on uh, in and around town. He's obviously uh, well. The mayor of any city these days uh, could be some of the busiest people uh, along with the health department and uh, various other partners that are uh, looking after the uh, issues of the COVID-19 crisis. The big, uh, let's call it the big political news today, and I managed to catch a bit of it this morning on the TVs downstairs in the food court that uh, the government of Ontario has announced that it is taking action to declare a state of emergency under the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act. Yeah, and uh, an I take it every day. What's that? Sorry. That's an act you don't hear about every day. No, no, exactly. It's like the it's the same thing for the, the federal one, which is talk of that happening as well. The Emergency Measures Act, formerly the War Measures Act, because, of course, not all emergencies are uh, war and conflict, although this is indeed a war on a virus. So what did you uh, what did you hear or see today and uh, the significance of this announcement by Premier Ford? Um. I didn't get a chance. I don't know what kind of recap you did because I wasn't listening. Um, I, I, I didn't. I was waiting. I was waiting for you. Oh, so. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was like a really early um, call. Like it was at 8 o'clock this morning that yeah. um, Doug Ford made this announcement. Um, I watched it online and um i think he did a pretty solid job and i mean i think anyone who knows of our show knows we're not um uh, fast friends of the premiere no but uh, <laughs> yes no, yeah. but he did a pretty solid job this morning um, that seems to be the consensus that he he handled it well yes i mean there were a lot of really serious questions from the media i mean as there should be about you know how a couple of days ago he was telling everyone to go and have fun on march break and um those those questions are not invalid but uh, it is what it is basically last night um the medical officer of health for ontario came out and said that um anything non-essential should be shut down uh, any gatherings of 50 people or more um, should be ceased. Which is down from 250 initially, right? That was the initial number. Now it's 50. But that number it's just keeps getting lower places. as the days go on, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's 10 in places, too. I think in, in New York, it, it's 10 people or more. And, like, you saw pictures of Times Square last night. It's, it was a ghost town. And granted, it was Monday night. but Even so, Times Square is always a busy, always, always, always a busy place. Right. It's, you know, New York is a city that never sleeps and Times Square is the place that proves it. And last night, you know, you could have shot, you know, your your zombie movie there and, and would have gotten pretty, pretty, um, 
pretty convincing open space with no one around it. So it was really pretty incredible. But back to Ontario. So what what Premier Ford did this morning was basically codify what the Ontario Medical Officer of Health was wanting last night, which means um, any indoor recreational programs uh, and facilities shut down, public libraries shut down, private schools shut down, childcare shut down. Any bars and restaurants doing dine-in, if they're still doing um, takeout or delivery, that's okay, but no more sitting in restaurants. Um, concert venues shut down, theaters shut down, uh, cinemas shut down. Uh, and then, as, you, as, you, as we said, any gathering of 50 people or more, be they parades, be they events, be they um, you know places of worship, so your churches, your synagogues, your temples... Um, all that stuff. Um, the thing of it is, most of that had been happening already, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, I guess this gives the last shove to the to the last holdouts. I mean, Cineplex announced really late last night that they were closing down all theaters across Canada. Um, most places, I, I know we talked about this yesterday, but Mandarin, which is a nationwide chain, announced that they were going to dine uh, to take out. It was all uh, buffet. Yeah, moment. that's probably not the best uh Right. And, you know, here in Guelph, all the libraries already were shut down. The rec facilities were already shut down. The museum was shut down. So, you know, we were slightly ahead of the curve on this one. And um, was this is related, but not directly related in terms of I was talking the, off the top about uh, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard anything of uh, Ezra Street today or within town of any, like, large functions trying to happen? Or is when that I just... At, when, I, when I checked at noon... Uh, um, it seems that Ezra was dead, so people did take that advice to heart. Well, that's uh, good. I don't know. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of people are breathing easy, too, like, other than, you know, the fact that it's happening because of the worst of circumstances, but uh, the fact that the the people that live around there are getting a breather uh, on St. Patrick's Day is fairly significant, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they have like fencing set up like for along there to keep people off the grass in places. And, you know, it's it's a huge drain on um, police resources because they bring in like officers from surrounding areas yeah, as well. I, I saw one uh, picture that had uh, porta potties. And I, 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 were those, I guess those are for the police, right? Or no? Like, I, I couldn't figure it out. It's like they've, they're telling everybody to stay away from Ezra, but yet there's always like porta johns there as if something's going to happen but i mean well they well, tell people every year to stay away from ezra yeah i mean because it's an unsanctioned party and uh having said that um i i think this the the region puts the the porta potties there i i'm come to think of it, i'm not sure maybe who pays for the porta potties but you know just so that you don't have people peeing going in the under, yeah like we do in the ward every year but maybe not this year obviously so <laughs> no seriously <laughs> well you know I know. Uh, um, we should also talk about that uh, Doug Ford also announced money this morning. Yes. Tell um, us about that. So this is um, $100 million to increase the capacity at the hospitals. Um, so that's going to create like different levels of care beds. Uh, another $50 million for testing and screening at public health. So like Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph Public Health, because I know that is a concern for a lot of 
people, that maybe there's a shortage of tests, that maybe um, there isn't the resources to do as many tests as, as needs to be done. And of course, the um, the World Health Organization is, is advising like test, 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 test. Right. I think that was almost literally the exact quote from uh, from the, the WHO on that. Um, $50 for frontline workers, uh, to get supplies. So that's like things like masks and gloves and, if uh, they can find any, right. Or is that, I mean, they probably have a separate purchasing channel, I would imagine. Well, this is for frontline workers. So I assume that just covers the duration. I can't even say the word, but like the the duration. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyone who's working in a hospital, anyone who's working in public health, anyone who's working at one of the assessment clinics. Right. Um, so then there's also 25 million for, um, to help people on frontline workers, like find childcare, get respite care. Um, so, you know, that's like the, the self-care portion for people who are working seriously overtime in the midst of this crisis. Um, 50 million for long-term care homes to do, to have additional staffing and more screening. Uh, $20 million for, uh, residential facilities, um, you know, people who are, are, you know, in long-term care need extra protection, extra equipment, transportation costs mm-hmm. for people there. Uh, Five million for retirement homes to increase infection control and screening there. And then finally, four million for indigenous communities, um, particularly for supplies and for transportation costs for health care, of course, because many indigenous communities live um in shall we say not central locations yes. so they need that extra help to get them to places where maybe they can get the the health care they need now i did hear uh doug ford he put out a little bit of appeal an appeal i think to the you know hoping that the federal government is going to uh chip in and it's not, if i got it right that the the feds are going to reconvene uh specifically i guess in an, in an emergency way to discuss this uh, soon, I imagine, right? Is that? Mm-hmm. Did you hear this, or? I haven't been on top of too much of the Fed stuff today, because right. um, I was I was looking at the the Ontario stuff. Um, and there's also been City of Guelph, new City of Guelph stuff that's happened today. Yes, there was a bit of back and forth there about. Uh, well, there's, are there three city councillors in self isolation now? I got that right. Oh, I know Phil Alt is. I, I, I don't. Uh, I believe I that think... Leanne Piper and Rodrigo Goller are now as well. One uh, Leanne from Traveling, uh, mm. all friends of the show, I should say. Leanne from Traveling and uh, the show, the friends of our normal show, which is Open Sources on <laughs> Thursday. I just because we're talking here, it's just it's it's like old times, but it's not yeah. seems like old times. It's anyway. Uh, Leanne Piper on CFRU. Yes, I'm just time. I'm just dropping CFRU show names as much as I can. Uh, Leanne Piper in self isolation because she was away. I believe it was Mexico as well. And Rodrigo Goler, on, it sounds like on the weekend. Um, was uh, in contact with somebody who has tested positive for COVID-19, so that is uh, three. And if I understand it, well, he has a, he has a very young child, right? Born uh, during yes, the election, a, is that right? Yeah. Old, yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of other city news, what can you tell us? You were following the beat, obviously, very closely today. You are the beat. Uh, <laughs> what's been going on? Uh, well, the city council meetings for the next two weeks have been canceled. Uh, if you go to the um, post on um, the city website, I don't know if it's been updated lately, but um, initially the the one post um, said that the meeting for the 23rd, which was a special meeting of um, 
of council. That was a, a budget workshop. Uh, that has been canceled. Uh, Cam Guthrie posted to Twitter saying that he's also uh, used his authority as the chair of council to um, cancel the March 30th meeting and that they're currently looking at uh, rescheduling. And uh, this is very late breaking because I was literally working on the post when you uh, called. But Guelph Transit is going down to reduced service starting tomorrow. So it will be on a Saturday schedule. Ah. So um, all routes will be 30 minutes. There's not going to be the um, the regular uh, rush hour services in the morning and the evening. Um, but is it going to be free? I heard that somewhere. It that... will be free. Yes, wow. it will be free until April wow. 15th. Ah. Um, and, of course, this is like they're trying to avoid you having to, you know, get in line somewhere to and buy tap your card. or tickets. Yeah. Grab the uh, podium there and tap the card. So, well, that's... Right, and they're also protecting the driver because the driver sits right there too. So yes. when you get on the bus tomorrow, if you have to get on the bus tomorrow, you will be getting it every 30 minutes on the Saturday schedule and you will be getting on and off at the rear door, not the front door. Unless, of course, you have mobility issues or you have uh, an accessibility concern, then, of course, you can use the, the ramp as normal. But if you are someone who is able-bodied and able, you are to get off and on at the back door. Wow, so that that's massively significant, but it it, it kind of makes sense because well, I mean for sure, as I was saying off the top, the uh, the student traffic is virtually nil. I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen with the uh, international students, whether they will be centralized because as people have probably heard, uh, students here at the U of G were told to pretty much pack up and get out, uh, and that seems to be what has happened general generally um well there's going to be students right who can't go home exactly like at the drop of the hat i don't even just mean international students but like students who live in sudbury and thunder bay and and from what i've understood um the the university is going to make some accommodation for them so it could be yeah it's not out yet but i guess it's like hold in place but what they what they normally do here in the summer is uh centralize everybody now they may be avoiding that because of the the uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be more beneficial to just to kind of keep people where they are, but also to keep tabs on them. Again, uh, this is pure speculation. When we find out more, uh, which we should in due time, we will let people know. But uh, any students that are listening, uh, um, stay stay cool and uh, don't uh, don't go out and party. <laughs> There's gonna be some online parties uh, t- tonight, if I understand it. Um, yeah, and uh, I know it's I not as fun, that, but I think uh, this is going to be the new normal. I think finally yeah. we're going to get eyes on the on the prize and on pages, and people are going to um, f- fully embrace because they've been forced to the uh, you know to getting a show online as opposed to uh, some of the things I've seen in high definition. It's like it's almost like being there, but of course you want a bigger TV, <laughs> right? I bet there's people that are in uh, self isolation now or doing their social distancing saying. Wow, I wish I'd bought that TV, the bigger TV, but um, my, my that might seem like a minor point, but if you're going to be holed up for yeah. a couple of weeks, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you want, you want uh, HDMI, right? So, um, well, HDMI, we don't need to get into that goal. No, no, but, no. Yeah, no, I just, I'm just saying that uh, everything looks so much better that. now than it did uh, uh, probably in 1918, the last time people had to, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I went to see uh, Gemini Man when it came out last fall for end credits, and it is a fantastic-looking movie because it's like 120 
120 FPS 4K. Yeah. It was a great looking movie. It was total crap, but the movie looked awesome. Would you need to buy, I guess you need a special TV to watch that, or does it just automatically look better? To watch 4K, yeah, you need to have a special. A 4K television. And yeah. uh, and speaking of which, uh, I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry for you that all the theaters are closed, is that right? Like Cineplex is closed, yes. bookshelf closed. Cine- yeah, Cineplex and Landmark, which are the two big oh, yeah, yeah. chains in Canada, have yeah. have closed. I think till April. Um, yeah, it sounds like everybody's general target is two weeks and some things longer. Yeah, but uh, two two weeks as of yesterday and today, and you know within that range seems to be what uh, the target is. Yes, at, at the very least, and and to to bring us full circle, the the measures that um the government of ontario announced this morning are for two weeks they will be re- uh, reviewed at the end of two weeks to see if they should be extended or maybe started to roll back um so that that seems to be the time horizon like april four five and six is when we will maybe start finding out if stuff's going to reopen yep and it'll probably become uh clear quite quickly as to whether uh that will be the case or not so mm-hmm. anyway i'll let you go adam thanks once again for joining me and get back to your typing away and toiling away in the garret or whatever <laughs> wherever you are yeah i'm gonna get back to my typewriter click 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 click. no i'm just we I can hear you from over here no anyway so okay thanks adam we'll, t- we'll talk to you all right see you scotty take it easy bye and once again, that was life at the beginning of the pandemic. Two years later, the government of Ontario has announced the end of mask mandates on March 21. But some people are trying to keep the mandates in place for schools, and you can find those links in the show notes for this episode. The government is also having an eye to end all COVID-19 restrictions at the end of April, and we will keep you posted with all the latest developments at Guelph Politico. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, out of the University of Guelph. And to learn more, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, You'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Politico Guelph on Facebook and at Guelph Politico on Twitter. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram or send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we will see you next time.